Merry Christmas from Other People's Shoes. I am your host, Neil Matthews. Thank you so much for joining me during this holiday season. I am so excited about the holiday season because I don't know about anybody else, but I love to receive. I also really, truly love to give. And in this time, I believe that's what it's all about, is the greatest gift, obviously, that has come, being Jesus. But I also do believe that sometimes it is nice also to receive. And let me tell you right now, I would love to receive from you. I know, big ask perhaps, but here it is. In January, Other People's Shoes is going to be turning four years old. I know that sounds kind of silly to maybe celebrate, but I'm excited about it. Here's how you can get involved. Now, most of you are probably listening right now on some kind of iDevice, maybe Android device. It's okay, we don't judge. But I bet all of you have an ability right now to create a voice memo on your phone. I bet you do. You didn't even know it. So that's what I would like you to do is create a voice memo wishing the show a happy birthday and then share with me and those listeners that would hear it how you are impacting the world around you in a positive way. Maybe a little hint of what we're going to be talking about in January. So if you can do that, I would love to use you and your voice in a future episode that's coming up in January. Again, just to recap, happy birthday, other people's shoes, and then how you're impacting the world around you in a positive way. Submit those to me via email, and I will use them, as I said, in an upcoming episode. If you can do this, I would really appreciate it. In fact, if you can have it to me by December 30th, that would be amazing. That's kind of our cutoff, our deadline, need it by December 30th. So if you can do that, come be a part of the show. This is your own way of giving to me a great gift. And that is, of course, your voice. So come be a part of that. And with all that said, Merry Christmas to you and to yours. Lucas, take it away. Hey, come take a walk with me. Not like you used to do something different. Put yourself in other people's shoes. Open up your mind and open up your eyes and change your direction. Change your perspective. Welcome in to Other People's Shoes. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, everyone. And look whose voice is back again. It is Garrett. This is my one commitment to this podcast year, and I look forward to it every year. This is amazing. See, that's what I said. You signed this. I said it last year. You signed this lifetime contract. With my words. With your words. There were no lawyers involved. No pens, no paper. No pens, no paper. It was a contract-free, paper-free zone. Yes. I think that's what I was trying to say. I don't know. <laughs> How are you though? I feel like this is our annual, like also get to know each other again, like catch up again. Yeah, no, everything's going all right. How are you doing, my friend? Boy, I, I think I said this before we recorded and I'll say it even on air. Like life is just hard. <laughs> yes, it is. It has been a tough year, but at the same time, it's been an amazing year. My boy is almost two. And see, I remember when he wasn't even here yet. no. That's how long this this show has even been going now, the which show, is also show is older than he is. Yes, that's true. Four years old coming up in January. I know he's going to be two in January. I know the show always hasn't beat by two years. It's been an interesting year. I will say that it has been a challenging year. I would say, especially from I will say roughly about July till now, it has been quite the challenge to continue to to get a show out more more so than it ever has been in the past. So. That's been your big challenge? Well, I think there's many, but yeah, that would probably be number one, yeah. Okay. No, I, for me, a challenging year, there's, there's been financial st- financial stuff, but there's also stress from work, taking on more responsibility, stress from a child who's turning two. He's acting like he's two. He's acting defiant now, and it's wonderful. Wonderful. I don't know about that. I don't know if I would say terrible twos are wonderful, but 15, by the way, is 80's age, my daughter, and now we are, we are gearing towards the driving years, as I'm going to now call it. I was about to ask, how scared are you? And so in six months, we're going to have a full-blown driver, a third driver in the household. That's almost frightening. It is. It's very frightening. <laughs> Not almost. It is very frightening. You know, I, I think that's been fun too, right? Is the idea of letting kids go and, and letting them walk away into their own adventure, you know, season pun intended. <laughs> I like that. No, I, I see that a lot too. Just even with Will, how old he is, the, the, the not hovering over him, not being overprotective. There's a certain amount of walking away that I, I definitely am force and tell Ashley, no, 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 let him, let him do that. Let him make his mistakes. Let him fall down. I reminded that one line that was in the, uh, the Batman, the dark Knight. 
or no, not even the Dark Knight. It was Batman Begins. Alfred looks at Bruce Wayne. And he goes, why do we fall down so we can learn to pick ourselves back up? I want to say, as we get into our season Christmas episode, we, we do this every year. Garrett is graciously committed as long as this show is living and, and breathing and in existence, which I know seems kind of weird to some, but I really do think of the show as this almost person, this almost identity of its own. And it and it has grown and it has gotten bigger. And, and this is our Christmas edition. So we kind of look back as well. So kind of a urine review a little bit. So there we are. And so Garrett, uh, what size shoes are you wearing these days? And, and what are you even wearing? I'm looking at a brand and a logo I really like. So tell me about these. These are Asics, I believe. They're old enough to where they're starting to fall apart. And I think they're size 10s just because they're wide enough for my feet. My toes only go to there. So there's about an inch of nothing. That's fantastic. I am uh, I'm wearing my Jordans. They are the, I think they're like a, a trainer shoe. They're almost like a running shoe. Isn't that what the British call all their sneakers, trainers? Probably. Those British, they they do weird stuff. I don't know. I was trying to remember. I was listening to a British person talk about their shoes recently. I can't remember what the context was, but he kept on referring to them as trainers. And on the YouTube video, I'm sure I was watching YouTube, it was just a pair of sneakers. And I'm like, are they just calling all sneakers trainers? I think trainers, for me, at least in the States, refer to the fact that you're going to be doing some sort of training in them. That would be the connotation, you would think. Like you're working out as like you're training. Or maybe a spiritual context, like you're training to be more disciplined. The British use the word hospital instead of the hospital. We're going to hospital. They just say weird things. It's not our culture. They are British. <laughs> they drink tea a lot. Maybe that's the issue. But getting into this season that we're in, as we begin to wrap up, like again, the finish line is next week. Like what that's a finish it. line we have. And what a finish line we have. I'm really excited about next week. I think uh, just to, to touch on that next week, I always in the back of my mind have somebody that I think would be amazing guests to finish out whatever season we're in. And generally speaking, it's probably somebody that's a little out of my reach. I was a producer host. As I began to start thinking, you know, like, how do I want to end this season? What am I going to end this season? How am I going to end it? This guy kept popping into my mind. I cannot wait till next week. Can I, can I give the name Garrett? Is that wrecking the Christmas I, I surprise? Don't know. If you want people to listen, you might want to just live them on a cliffhanger. I'll just leave it at Waco. That's it. That's all they get. Fair enough. Waco. So stay tuned for Waco next week. But we're not going to be in Waco. We're actually going to be in another state that I never thought we would be in also, by the way. Ooh, have we been in that state before? We have not. Ooh, the map. Waco is our hint, but we're also going to be in a state I thought we would never be in. We've been close to it, but we've kind of like walked around it, <laughs> but not in it. Excited about that. Yeah, that would be really neat. This season, we we are talking about walking away. What is your walk away moment? And I, I feel like that's such a broad topic. We could talk about walk away moments this year, this week, in our lifetime, since we've been adults, since we've been kids. Where, where do you want to... Put a pin in that map, so to speak. At the start of this season, I think I was in a spot where I really was thinking, like, this is it. This is all. This is my swan song. For the show? The beginning of the season, which I was ready to walk away. And I think that's what went into my thinking about this season. And I kind of teased it in the first episode, like, I don't know if there's going to be a season 13. Because we're in 12 right now. Right, I remember that. And so now I've had to really sit down and think, do I really want to walk away? And I think that's the hard part right now is I think putting myself on the examinating table in some respects, I think I was ready to do it. And then the more I, I really started thinking about it, the more I started really kind of searching and saying, but I have more to say. And I know people have more to say. And then I started really praying and say, saying, you know, well, God, what do you have to say? Whose voice is going to be louder? My selfishness to say, is this it? Is that all? It's an interesting thought. I do you know what that answer is yet? Well, I think I do because I, I do know, I mean, just full disclosure, there will be a 13. 13 is a lucky number. And 13 is a lucky number. It's also <laughs> when you, any kind of numbering thing, which I'm not into numerology or, you know, numbers mean anything and, and all that stuff. I, I don't believe in that. The letter M in the English language is signified by the number 13 also. It is the 13th letter. Oh, that means you have to go to at least 14 because N is the 14th letter. I really was thinking, okay, if I can get to the show to get to January, which was my goal when I first started, as I, as I started to get very fatigued and just very, you know, bogged down and I I think in that, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm going to walk away. I'm ready to walk away. And then as I started to, you know, get this season going and, and really, you know, finding guests. And then when I found next week's guests, going back to next week, I thought, okay, if I got to him, who else can I get to? Ooh, I just gave another hint and I didn't even realize it. 
Oh, him? But I got to him. We'll see where this goes because I, I hope you go for many, many more seasons depending on how how you feel out of it all. I know that uh, searching for guests is a problem. I know that looking for good quality content for the listeners is always, a, I wouldn't say a problem, but a challenge, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, I, I don't know if people realize how hard it really, <laughs> it really is hard to find somebody. Now, could I go out right now and find seven people to talk to? I, I think I could easily. I mean, I could check my my DMs. I could check, you know, my emails. I could go back over emails because I save every stinking email that I get. DM for people who don't know is direct messages. And so, you know, I could go back through those and probably find six, seven people that I could find. And they're quality people. And so that's the other part too that, I, that I've been running into is because my, my life and my schedule has changed so dramatically in some respects. For me, I'm working literally, you know, 7.30 to 5.30 every day, Monday through Friday. And so there is no gap to find people, to cultivate right. those, those guests that I used to have. It's interesting. Do you want to go into what's gone on in your life recently? Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, the, the big change really is as I went from a job where I was was in sales and I was driven by sales. I, th- I think for most of my life, I've been in some sort of sales in some, some type of environment. And the idea of finally saying, okay, I'm not going to chase a sales quota. And I, and that's the walk away moment, even for me. And I think that's what led to where we are now is, is I walked away from a job where I was feeling very much like people were not people. They were a sale. They were a quota. They were a check mark. I took a job that I don't make as much money and I have more hours. So some people are like, what? How does that, how does that make sense? My wife makes it work because she's a financial wizard. Again, going back to it is I'm now dealing with people as people rather than as a quota. Yeah, that's going to be very, very different for you. I have never had the pleasure of working in an industry where sales were my, my objective. It's always either been customer service or clerical work. I don't know what the kind of pressures that would be or the freedoms that that affords. Well, again, I, I think it goes back to how I was was just driven by the next thing. And I think that, you know, it messed with my inner self-worth. I became so driven by making people happy and getting that sale and getting them to like, know, and trust me. And then feeding into that ego of me, well, they like me. Well, do they like me or do they like to my product? Right. And so I think that's what I had to kind of step back and say, you know, now I'm in an industry where, yeah, I have to get people to somewhat like me, but it's more about, I have to get them to trust what I'm saying more than them to like me. Now, what was the moment where you realized that walkaway moment? That's a good question. I, I think the the realization of that walkaway moment for me of, of leaving that industry and really leaving that career choice, I'm helping somebody fix their phone. I was in an industry where we were selling cell phones. I spent probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour with this lady one day, you know, showing her how to do her phone and do all this stuff. Stuff I've done for my mom and it seems like my mother-in-law and everyone. Like their phone breaks and they come to me. But I think it was in that moment that, you know, after helping this lady and spending some time with her and, and her leaving and her, obviously she was very grateful. It wasn't even the lady, but somebody came to me and said, you know, you spent 20 minutes with this lady and it resulted in nothing. And I was like, yeah, but I helped her. And they're like, yeah, but you didn't do anything. I was like, no, but I did, but I helped her. You know, that was really where I was at. So I, I think that was that was in that moment that I kind of realized, you know, maybe maybe this is not where I need to be forever. I have a walkaway moment that I wanted to share just because I've been listening to a little bit of this season. It's It's been good season. Very interesting. I don't know if I ever told you this, why I moved to Oregon. I moved to Oregon because I met my wife online. Sweetheart. A mutual friend of ours connected us on Facebook. And after three months of talking to her online, I came up, visited her once, and then I said, okay, I'm moving. I'm going to give myself four months to pack up and tell my job no and do all that. That's why I was moving. There's a reason why that was so easy. And the reason it was so easy is because all the friends that I had from high school and in the area that I had lived in no longer were healthy for me. Back in high school, I had a group of friends that came while I was working. I used to work in a movie theater. Most of these people I knew worked in the movie theaters. Well, we all went to high school together. One night I was working late. I come out and my car has the windshield smashed. There's let, uh, curse words scratched into it with a key. Cop happened to be out there because someone's other car got broken into it. I'm like, come on over. Come on over here. Don't leave yet. Got the police report. I find out six months later that it was my group of friends who did it. That's the kind of people that I was hanging out with at the time. After that, I had moved away. After high school, I moved away. I moved back to Napa because moving away didn't work. Because no matter where you move, you go with you. I moved back to Napa. Started hanging out with a different group of high school friends. In the end, it turned out to be the same thing. Everyone was malicious and out for each other because there was no hope in these groups. They were all just kind of scrounging. When I met Ashley online, she was living up here. 
in this area. I thought I had nothing left to lose. I walked away from Napa because I didn't have anyone who I truly rely on who would truly treat me with respect and love that I was showing to them. For me, that that was an easy walk away moment. I think that's been the, the interesting part about this season is this idea that walk away has to be dramatic. Walk away from a job has to be the Jerry Maguire moment where he flips out and he takes the goldfish and who's coming with me? I'm going to burn the house down kind of walk away moment. But walk away can also be just a choice even to not walk down a path. And I know our first two guests that let off this season kind of talked about that. They talked about how, you know, one one person in particular, Francine, she had to walk away from a choice not to know who killed her husband in an automobile accident. Yeah, Andy Chrisman, who's somewhat famous if you know Christian music and been around contemporary Christian music for a long time, especially in the 90s, as a musical artist with Fort Him. Had he stayed in college and become the accountant, do we have the music band Fort Him that changed lives and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, moved over people? And do we have the song Future Generations, which is an amazing song of Fort Him? There's just been so many others. Those are the two that just kind of pop into my head. This idea that, that it has to be dramatic, that it has to be this monumental event can be just even a small pebble in the river that kind of creates a ripple effect. I talked about moving up here. Yeah, that seems dramatic. It didn't seem dramatic to me at the time, but I'm sure that all of us can think of those small instances where we just walked away from something. Tell you people I know who've walked away from just not drinking anymore. Not that they had alcohol problems. They'd have a beer every night, maybe two. People who walk away from that and how dramatically that might change their lives, even though it seems so small. This last year, my family and I got an opportunity to go to Cancun in August. As we're getting ready That's to- That's where you guys went. As we're getting ready to leave, flying out of Medford Airport, Rebecca Bender's there, who's been a past guest, and Elizabeth points her out and says, you know, hey, I think that's Rebecca Bender. And it was so cool to meet you know, a guest in real life because at the time we hadn't developed the Zoom and all that stuff that we have now. To have that moment with her was amazing, obviously. Earlier that week- I had just recorded with, she was a contributor on a book that we had the author on with. Alan Smith wrote, men, who will fight for me? And talking about how men need to get into the conversation of sex trafficking. And, and even in that, having that moment to, to say, what have I walked away from as a husband, as a father, as a man? What things do I need to enter into, into that fight? Kind of also a little epiphany moment. Well, let me, let me ask you a question then, Neil. You're talking about those moments where you don't take, that's part of your walk away moment. Looking at things that you could do and not, what, what are some of those instances you can think in your life that were opportunities to quote that you didn't take? Well, I, I think that's, that's the challenge is to slow down enough and to say, is this a good opportunity? Is this a bad opportunity? And for me, I've been for years, four years, I've said, I don't like to hear the word no. In my mind, the answer is already no, unless you ask. Being more aware of saying yes to the right things and walking into those and saying no to the right things and walking away from those. I look at so many times in life of, of opportunities as a way to say, is this a good opportunity to walk towards or a bad opportunity to walk away from? No, I like that. I think that that's a really good way to look at things. And for me, prayer goes into that to help clarify. Well, let me ask you a, another question on the same heel. What are some of those things that you should have walked away from but didn't. The biggest thing I think that I'm working through right now is the idea of, is this validating me or is this validating someone else? Because I think for most of my life, again, coming out of that sales environment, even coming out of the way I was raised, you know, through my parents, I've started to realize so much of my life has been hinging on someone liking me and someone validating me and someone approving of me and seeking at every single time to be validated and to be approved. Some people might call it people pleasing, but I realize I'm not a people pleaser. I'm approval seeking. I don't see a difference between the two. When you look it up in the definition of it, it's interesting. Recently, my wife and I were having the same type of discussion as I said, I'm a people pleaser. And she said, I can care less about what people think. You want their approval. Interesting. And so I said, well, yeah, that, that is true. And I said, isn't that, a, isn't that a form of people pleasing? She said, yes, but no. Because again, the idea is with people pleasing, like you'll do whatever 
it takes to please them. Me, I just want your approval. I want you to like me. I guess that's true. I never really thought of it like that. For me, it almost equates to be the same, but looking at it through your lens, if you will, there's definitely a difference between the two. I don't I don't think I have that same problem, which may be why I don't understand. And people seldom do. Again, it's this idea that in some weird way, I want you to approve of me. I want you to like me and to get away from that, to make it about the other person, not me. I was working at this sales job that I had. And as I'm walking and, and interacting with this customer one day, we're, we're doing a transaction. I said, Hey, what do you, what do you do for a living? And he said, Oh, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm at McLaughlin middle school. I said, Oh my gosh, I went to McLaughlin. When did you start teaching there? And he said, well, man, that is, that's been a long time ago. And so he, you know, I can kind of see the wheels churning and he's kind of kicking back and thinking back. And, and he said, well, it was probably around 1996. And I was like, oh man, I just missed you because I started in, in high school in the fall of, of 95. And he said, oh yeah, you just missed me. And he said, well, you know, do you remember any of the teachers you had? And I said, well, they're probably, you know, they're probably long gone. I mean, we're in 2022 now. A lot of them are probably either dead or retired or who knows what. And he said, well, you know, give me some names. And I said, well, the one that jumps to the forefront for me is his name's Ron. And he said, oh, yep, I know Ron, you know, math teacher, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, you know, Ron is an amazing person in my life that I remember because he was like a father figure to me, which those that know, I struggle with that. Having that father figure in my life, that validating male figure that kind of approves of me and accepts me wants what's best for me. And so Ron did that. I said, you know, he cared when no one else seemed to care. He loved when no one else wanted to love this angry, mad middle school kid. And he said, you know, it's funny that you say all this because I'm like, I don't know how that's funny, but I don't know why we say that expression. He said, you know, it's interesting. He said, Ron, every Wednesday meets down here at this pizza place just down the street from you, actually burger place. And I said, interesting. What, well, what time does, do they usually meet? And he goes, well, a bunch of old teachers get together and they kind of just talk about the old days and just kind of catch up. And, and so this guy says to me, he said, you should go. And I said, okay, I don't know how, but, but I'm going to go. And he said, and you should tell Ron all this stuff. Cause I bet you, he doesn't know, you know, the, that he's made this amazing impact in your life. Yeah, he probably hasn't. So I go to his burger place. It's the point, but it's not the one in central point. It's the one over in Medford. So good, good restaurant, good burgers. I get my club soda and I just sit down at the table. Cause I recognize Ron. I mean, he hasn't changed. He's just older. So I sit down at the table. I start talking and they first look at me like, who are you to just sit out? Like I didn't ask. I just sat down like I in, like in a typical Neil fashion. Yeah. Yeah. If you know me well, that's that is what I do. So I sit down and this guy turns to me and looks at me and he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, well, I said, Chris, you don't recognize me. The, the guy that invited me. And he said, well, my name's not Chris. It's Doug. It's <laughs> like, well, this is now even more awkward. I said, well, Chris invited me to this thing today. And, and I said, there's, there's something I need to say. And I said, you know, you guys are old teachers from McLaughlin and back in the day and yada, yada, yada. And they all, you know, seem to agree and which is great. And I said, well, you know, I had this amazing math teacher and he was this and this. And I start, you know, kind of regurgitating again, everything I just shared with you about this Ron guy. And again, I recognize Ron whole time. Recognize He's there. Him. Watching He's, there. Me. He's watching me. And so I get done, kind of take a pause, take a breath, you know, cause I'm so excited to kind of like get this out there and share this. And he says, uh, Ron kind of sits back and he goes, what'd you say your name was again? I said, Neil Matthews, sir, probably 93, 94. I said, you, you came to my school at Jefferson elementary. You, you encouraged me, you know, you, you, you just inspired me and all this stuff. And I said, I was not a very good student to you. And, but man, you cared when no one else cared. You loved when no one else loved, you know, kind of thing. And he, he sits back again. He goes, Neil Matthews, Neil Matthews. He goes, son, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I don't remember you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, you know, I said, you know, I, you know, I had Chuck, you know, this guy Chuck was my neighbor and he is, had just retired and all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, he goes, no, I remember Chuck. And he laughed. He goes, oh yeah, I remember that guy. And he goes, um, but man, you, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember you. Garrett, I was crushed. I'm sure you were. I was absolutely crushed. <laughs> and I, I, Sheepishly. You should not have been crushed. I was, though. I know. Absolutely. Just slam jammed, crushed. And so I sheepishly kind of got up from the table, excused myself from the table, and I said, Hey, I don't. I don't want to intrude. I feel like I've already done that. And let me let me just say, gosh, thank you. I said, even though you don't remember me, I remember you. 
and I just want to say thank you. And he's like, well, yeah, absolutely. Not a problem. He gets it every day kind of thing. And, <laughs> and so anyway, so I, I go to the bar to, to, to pay for my club soda. And the bartender's like, you just had club soda? I was like, I, I did. How much? Are you? He's like, ah, it's on us. And I was like, grateful just because I wanted to get out of there <laughs> as fast as I could and didn't have cash on me. And, and so I go and I sit in my car and I just, I start the engine and I just go, God, why did I do that? Why did I do that? And I start, you know, put it in reverse, start to drive. I'm like, this was so stupid. Like, why did I do this? I heard this voice in my head. It was not mine. And, and I, I don't know if it's God's or not. I don't know. That's for up, up for interpretation. But I heard this voice in my head say, was that for you or was that for him? Because if that was for you, you got what you deserved. But if that was for him, let that be for him. And I share that because, as again, this idea of me walking away from the validation of others is is just starting this journey. That's an exciting journey. I'm curious where this journey is going to lead you. I wonder if future seasons may be uh, flavored with that. Well, I think so. I know what I want to do after next season. So we're, that would be 14, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. If I'm counting right. Letter yeah. M. Yeah. Letter M. Well, no, I know where we're going in January. Right. That's, that'd be 13. Right. So letter oh, N. Sorry, N. You said yes. N. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure. Uh, it, it's funny because the British count seasons by letters instead of by numbers. I'm uh, just, again, I'm not British, Garrett. Why do you? I, this I, is not a British influence here. You're not the Beatles. You're not invading us. It's funny. I was listening to some guy talk about the Beatles and I was making fun of his voice with my, my not yet two-year-old son who's starting to get into heavy metal. This is a mistake I made. We, we were watching uh, covers of songs and I'm tired of hearing Baby Shark for the 51st time. That was probably six months ago. I showed him Baby Shark, the heavy metal version. So now he picks up microphones and goes rawr, 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 rawr. I just imagine through that whole story that you're telling how much it must have meant to that teacher that even someone who doesn't know he touched their lives and how important that would have been as much as it may have been played cool and I love the fact that they just let you go with the club soda because they probably watched the whole thing and went no 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 it's it's fine you could go now <laughs> but I say that Garrett to illustrate what did that feel like for me what was that moment all of that feeding into what well it was validating probably ego yes and i started to kind of step back almost like an out-of-body experience as weird as that may sound to some to say wow even though that was nice and that felt good i'm like what is this doing to my mind and my soul and my spirit and i thought i gotta get rid of this i can't continue to rely on validation from people to fill me up and I started to realize more and more, as weird as it sounds, since that has happened, I got to get a handle on that because I think if I don't and continue to walk into that and not walk away from that, like, what is it going to do to me? What is it going to do to you? What is it going to do to those around you? I mean, your wife gets to see it. Your daughter gets to see it. Your coworkers get to see it. Members of the church, your friends. It's interesting to kind of look at that and see what the ramifications are. Like, like you said, you, you step back, you had out-of-body experience. I like to think of it as like a scientist stepping back and dissecting something in front of them. You're dissecting this part of you that you've never really looked at before. I think that's what I'm trying to say is, is for me, I think in the next year, I know we're going to come back in January or December of next year. At least that's the plan. Love to be able to come back and say, hey, I have a handle on this now. A year is a very short time to get a handle on I know, on but I think with work and with perseverance and with, you know, all the things that, that we want to do, I think that is when we can honestly say, hey, this is going to be okay. I've gotten a handle on it now. It's not, I don't know it, if it's an issue per se, but it, there's something there. It's definitely something to work on. I, I, I think this is an amazing self-discovery for you. Well, I don't think it's so much self-discovery. I think it's me finally getting sick and tired of being sick and tired of it. I would call that a self-discovery. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it stems back to some prior guests that you have too. And it, it'll be interesting to see the conversations because they're recorded, they're on your show. Conversations from them versus conversations from a year from now, now that you have this realization, how is that going to change you? How is that going to change the podcast? Well, and I think that's always the danger, at least in my mind, is because I want, I always want to be real. I don't ever want to be somebody I'm not. But again, I I think so much when I started the show almost four years ago, and I, and I know we've talked about this, that my main motivator was to get into iTunes. Like I thought I was somebody for getting into iTunes. Little did I know they kind of, they kind of let everyone in. They handed out like tickets. Yeah, the, almost. It's, it's not a golden ticket. It's almost like, oh, you get a raffle ticket you get a raffle ticket you know kind of thing it's an oprah thing it is you an get oprah a thing. ticket you get a ticket i think there's been such a such an awakening at least in my heart to say why do i need that validation because again i think when i had the show i would always feel like i'm validated when i'd get a big name guest because i was like oh man i've gotten sat with 
so-and-so. Look at me. Look at how good I am, you know? Yeah, but there's always a bigger fish. Well, and I think that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is the idea that where does that validate, where does that need to be validated come from? And I think that's that's the discovery that I'm on now. That's an interesting discovery. That's a long trip, or possibly a long trip. Could be. I'm hoping it's a quick trip, but <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion it's not going to be a quick trip. Kind of mirror that. My mom's been on that trip for a long time, decades. So she's realized that that's what she wants. She wants people to like her. She she very much has the same thing. And it came because her birth mother was abusive. Her parents were alcoholics. For her, she just didn't get any love from the maternal person she had. Because she's always searching for that attention, because she always wanted to be genuine at the same time, uh, not that attention, but that acceptance. She's pushed away everyone who was close to her through no fault of her own. She just very much wants people to be honest. A lot of people don't want to be honest. Some people don't want to be in the light. Some people don't want to swim a deep pool. So she's been struggling with that for, I want to say, probably 30 years, probably longer. And she hasn't found an answer for that. She doesn't have a platform like you do where she can really bounce off of ideas from other people and whatnot. Well, I mean, as an example, you know, I, in November, I was up in Portland, which is about five hours north of us, where, where we are. And I got to see North Carolina live, in person. How was it? Live action. It was amazing. But in that I sat and, and I, I mean, I picked my seats, but I didn't know at the time of picking the seats that I was going to be sitting right behind the, the camera guy that puts people up on the jumbotron. Oh no. Like that's not, was my intention in any way. But as we got to our seats and I'm, you know, assessing the arena and looking around and just kind of seeing, seeing what's going on, never been in this arena before. So it was, you know, it was a new experience. I see that there's a rolly chair kind of in front of me and it on the back of the chair, I actually took a picture of it and put it on Instagram. It says big screen something. I'll have to go back and look at it, but something to the effect of big screen. And so anyway, I, I of course strike up a conversation with the guy. That's what I do. And he says, yeah, I'm the dude that puts people, he didn't say dude, but I'm the guy that puts people up on the screen. And I said, well, buddy, <laughs> hang around. I'll give you plenty of content to put up on the screen. And I don't know. I mean, I lost count of how many times like he's like, Hey man, I'm ready. Like do something, you know, Hey, dance, do something, you know, see monkey, you do monkey. Go be entertaining. Go be entertaining. That validation again of seeking that validation, of needing that validation, of wanting that validation. I've been on the big screen like seven times today. <laughs> you know, I'm so, I'm so important. If you could only see Neil dance right now in front of me. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, where does that come from? Why do I need it? I think you know where it comes from, or at least have an idea where it comes from. All right, Dr. Gert, where do you think it comes from? Any deep-rooted issue always comes from your childhood, as as the good doctors would say. I think the more important question, I, I've seen a lot of people talk about where things come from. Where does this stem from? Where's the root? My mom's a big one of saying, I need to find out where the root of this is. I need to, She doesn't remember some of her past. She wants to find out those memories. She wants to know who these people are. And my argument to that, sure, it's fine and good. Let that information come to you, but seeking it is seeking into the past. It's not moving ahead head into the future instead of seeing where it comes from why not see what you can do to grow from it that's kind of where my mindset whenever there's a problem in our household with my wife and i ashley and i i'll, I'll sit there and say okay this is the problem you agree on the problem okay we're here how do we fix it where do we go from here but again even to the point where i taped this north carolina game knowing full well i'm probably never gonna watch the game again because they lost <laughs> you said it was amazing it was amazing but they still lost that part wasn't amazing Number one team in the country losing to an unranked team. Not very fun. I taped the game purposely. Not that I care about the content of the game. Because you were in it. But because... Or possibly in it. Because I wanted to see if I made it on TV. Nationally televised game. Like, I wanted to see if I made it on TV. Most people would, too. I don't think that that's all that... Okay. So it's not that weird, right? But there are my friends who I know who would say, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Like, why do you have to gravitate towards that? In fact, the guy that went with me, he's one of your coworkers, Jason. Oh, okay. Says to me, well, as I making friends with the camera guy again, I said, listen, buddy, you should know this. Like, I've never met a spotlight that didn't like me <laughs> or didn't want me in it. And Jason leans over and he goes, maybe the spotlight doesn't want you in it this time. <laughs> Which is kind of a little bit of a dig, right? He's good at those little digs. He's really good at that. <laughs> but my point being, even with that is, is this idea of saying, but where does it come from? Where did it all start? Where was the genesis of that moment? And that's the part that irritates me. It's because, listen, believe me, hear me. This is so important, maybe. If you get nothing else out of my ramblings of today's show, <laughs> like, I really don't want it. Like, on, like it really is a, is a tale of two hands. Like, on one hand, man, it feels so good to be that important that somebody's going to put me on a Jumbotron, or that important that I got to meet this celebrity, or that important that I got to go get a picture with this who, who knows who. But then on the other hand, it's like, but I don't want that to be who I am. 
they are always in constant war with each other. I can see that. I could definitely see that. I guess it boils down to because you're you're saying that's not who you want to be. That's not who you want to your identity to be. Then where is your identity? That's what I'm on this journey now to discover is how do I walk away from that as my identity and embrace this new identity? I guess you need to know who you are, what your identity is before you can take that first step. Right. Or I guess that's the first journey. Maybe. Then there will be a second journey. But it feels like a hero's quest almost, and I know this is right up your alley, is this idea that I I do feel like I'm on a quest now to slay this part of my personality, to slay this this dragon, to say I I don't want it anymore. I don't want to get validated from being on the Jumbotron. I don't want to get validated on the celebrity who knows me or who mentions me. I mean, over this last four years, Mark Victor Hansen mentions me, who's the chicken soup for the soul guy. Granted, he said I couldn't read, which is not true. I can read. But I was so excited that he mentioned me. I was almost disappointed because he said I couldn't read. <laughs> you know, so it's like, what do you want? It's interesting that you say this is a dragon that you need to slay instead of a part of you you need to come to terms with. Because who says that that part of you is the needing the affirmation? Everyone needs affirmation. It being like a drug, you can get a fix of it. That is ne- not necessarily the healthy part. But watching, I'd be interested to see if you grow and adapt this dra- dragon into yourself. If this dragon gets molded into you. Instead of you needing to slay it. Well, again, I, th- I think the part I want to slay is the drug feeling of it. Yeah, the addictiveness. Yes. I've heard it said recently to me, you know, why would you give a crack at a crack? Yeah. You wouldn't. And no rational person would do that. You know, why would you give an alcoholic alcohol? You wouldn't. Right. Why would you give somebody who needs that validation, why would you then validate them? That's a hard one because if you don't validate them... then and they're working on something, then they don't feel like they accomplished anything. Then if you over-validate, you're just feeding into that problem. There's going to be a happy compromise. I know, but what is it? That's what I'm trying to discover. I guess that that is the true road. That I think right now, that is my walk-away moment, is to walk away from seeking the validation or craving the validation as someone would crave, I don't know, coffee or anything like that. To walk away from an addiction. It's interesting to see because I want to see how this flavors future seasons. Uh, listeners, if you guys are listening, I want I want you guys to sit down and don't forget we have an email address. We have a Facebook. You guys want to message stuff over to Neil or me. Use those, utilize those uh, avenues. If you see changes in the show and you, you want to give Neil a pointer on where to go next, please do. I'd be interested to see how that kind of shapes the show. One, his journey and two, your guys' involvement in that. I would welcome that. Our good friend Michelle Banks and she's only, she's the only person in show history to be a two-time guest and you know hem, she hem. well okay sorry <laughs> you're like staff though you know i guess that's fair outside of you she's the only two-time guest and even in the early stages of doing the show you know she came on and i remember her saying why do you care so much about downloads care about the one care about the one download that changes somebody's life or comes back and tells you hey that episode really spoke to me and i think that was the validation at that moment that i needed to realize to say listen it's not about who listens? It's not about who is changed. It's 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 the one that happens next. I like that. I think that's good. So should we play? Not that we're playing, because apparently I've been told by by the team that I keep saying that senseless is a game that we play at the end of the show, and it's not a game. Like we don't play games here. It is just silliness. Because games almost implies you like you win something, don't we? Well, that's what I keep pushing back on the team with. I think that I'm fine calling it a game. But I was told by research and even the powers that be that kind of oversee the show that I need to stop saying game. I disagree. Because, again, game implies like you're winning something. I, I humbly disagree. Okay, and, be careful. And here, here's my... Because you know the powers that be. I, I do. And they do listen. <laughs> my reasoning for that is there is always something gained when someone's sharing per- something personal about themselves. There is a relationship that is built up. You are gaining that person's trust, love, and compassion. So it could be a game. Could be a game because you win something. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. It's like those games that we don't like us as millennials and older. I don't want this participation trophy. Well, that's why I was saying that. Like everyone gets a trophy. I know. I mean, I've run races where everyone gets a medal, which I also find funny. <laughs> you find funny. I find that frustrating. Yeah, it's like no, not everyone should get a medal. I'm sorry, not everyone should get a ribbon. So I don't know where we go from here, but that's an old school belief. I think where we go is we go to this cup right here. And we roll this dice. We're not even going to roll. We're going to answer all six of these questions. Oh, oh. Uh, what do you think on that? I think that that's neat. They're all new questions. They from- are new questions. And I did, speaking of management and upper management, and I, people are going to think we're this gigantic entity. 
Do, do you want to just tell them who upper management is? It's really my wife. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people know that, but maybe not. I thought manager was your daughter, then upper management no, was your wife. I, I don't. I don't even know if Amy has ever listened to a show ever. I don't well, know. I I would suspect she's listened to one. I don't know. I should ask her. Yeah. I should say, have you ever listened to a single show that I have produced? <laughs> I've just seen how that could be turned around. Probably Maybe so. a bad idea. Might be a bad idea. But anyway, so we'll play, sen- we're, sorry, we'll do Senseless. See, I, it's so ingrained in me that Gosh. it's a game still. Because I always wanted to have like a fun game at the end of the show. And What about playing Rough House? Is well, that a game? I don't know. There's I, definitely a loser. I think everyone loses in that one. So the first question is, what is something you've seen that has made you laugh, smile, and cry? Well, my boy recently. So my 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 boy's almost two. He's going through the, the pre-twos. And there's so many things. Every time I look at him and he's playing by himself or he's singing the, the heavy metal on the fake microphone, it, it just makes me it makes me laugh on the inside. It makes me smile. And I, I do feel like one manly tear goes down this cheek. It's it's my boy because he's my he's my pride and joy. Well, see, I'm going to say selfishly back in November when I went to the Carolina game, there was a lot of laughter during that game just because I was so just excited to get to experience North Carolina basketball in the Northwest, which is pretty exciting. Hasn't happened in in five years for me. And I did a lot of smiling because I was just felt like a little kid at Christmas. You know, they they got everything he ever wanted. And then, of course, there were some tears because I was so saddened by the fact that they lost. So that would be one uh, on a like kind of superficial level. But then we watched uh, Elizabeth and I actually watched a movie the other night. I found myself kind of crying during the movie, like getting a little weepy eye at one of these like Hallmark or Hallmark wannabe movies oh, at Christmas. No. I know. You admit to watching one. That's your first <sighs> problem. I do like those movies, Garrett. Stop it. They're, I, they're I don't. I don't, unfortunately. No, no. On a superficial note, I remember seeing the election results for our governor race, and I remember laughing and smiling to keep myself sane. It's been a rough go of that even, right? Yeah, it's been interesting. Interesting times. So, for sure. Let me ask you for the next question. Who has touched your life and where have you felt the impact? I am going to say, mm, I'm going to say next week's guest. And I'm and I'm purposely choosing that a little bit as a tease, but also as a little bit to say, it was such an amazing opportunity to talk with him. I'm going to stick with him. I'm very, very cognizantly saying him right now. So I don't give too much more away. But I really walked away feeling like the, the understanding that I knew about Waco and what he brought kind of impacted me in a, in a very unique way. And that's why I cannot wait for others to hear it. Again, I heard one thing. Curious to hear what others hear. No, that makes sense entirely. For who's touched my life recently and where have I felt the impact? My wife and I, we've been more intentionally discipling a couple. We've been doing one-on-one discipleship. With that couple, we've hit some harder topics recently. I feel like gotten into some of the more meatier stuff, dealing with their family relations, trying to think how to step around the subject so I don't say anything outright. Dealing with some interesting things with family and whatnot and talking over that and praying over it and seeing how impactful it is to have people actually speak truth and how much in-depth our our friendships are because of this. It's been quite amazing. We've been intentionally discipling them for a little bit now. and We're actually saying she's seeing growth leaps and bounds. I, I don't see growth leaps and bounds. I don't know why. I'm kind of blind to it. Just seeing where they where they are now versus where they were and how how our friendships have de- deepened and stuff like that. That's that's really where the impact is. I, I feel so much closer to them now than I did before. Well, that's amazing. And discipleship is hard. People don't yeah. realize how hard of work discipleship is. Yeah, there's a and lot. And being disciple, not only is it be disciples hard because you got to kind of own some of your stuff, but then to to disciple someone else, to watch them own their stuff is is sometimes or challenge them to own their stuff is is sometimes hard. I think people forget that. Well, it's very hard, especially when they don't want to do it at first. That's that's definitely first telling. But seeing where where everything's gone has just been awesome. Well, it's like parenting. It is. Parenting people who are already adults. Right. Or possibly even parents. Well, and they're spiritual children in some respects, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question number three is this. It says, what is a smell that when you get a whiff of it, you need to smell more? Besides my wife's hair? She just, it, it's, it just reminds me of home and love. See, I was going to go peppermint. Peppermint? I really like would the be, smell of peppermint. That would be my wife's answer. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> and it wasn't until I think like two, three years ago that I rediscovered, I say rediscovered peppermint. I think I got it like a peppermint mocha from somebody just to, as a gift or like a, you know, hey, let me buy you a cup of coffee kind of thing. And they got me a peppermint mocha and I re-fell in love with peppermint mochas. Now, what was the question exactly? When you smell it, you need to smell more? Yes. 
that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. I mean, I feel the same way with gasoline and skunks. I have to smell more because I, I don't know why. I think that's an instinctual like trying to protect myself thing. I don't know. <laughs> gasoline and skunks. Okay, we go from amazing peppermint to gasoline and skunks. Oh, I, I don't know about not that. A, also, our wife's hair. Got to remember, there's the good, but. There is a flip side. <laughs> Garrett always has the flip side. So here we are. When you hear this sound, it always makes you smile. The si- sound of a TIE fighter flying through space. It reminds me of my childhood in so many ways. That's the first thing that came to mind. I don't know if that's the best answer. <laughs> well, see, I was going to say Elizabeth saying I love you. Oh, that's right. That is yours. That's, uh, that is always my smile. That, it's not the first one you've said, t- first time you've said that. I'm either. sure probably not, because I do love to hear it. I hear it at least once a season. See, it's the validation thing, but why? <laughs> huh? To go back to our topic. What is something you taste that you always seem to react to? Ooh, that, that could be good or bad. I'm asking you that one. You go first. Nachos. Nachos? I'm guessing I that's a good reaction. absolutely love nachos. <laughs> or pizza, one of the two. Mm. But probably nachos. I really absolutely love the crunch of the chip, the salsa, the sour cream. I know you love sour cream. So much so. He is lying. <laughs> he does not love sour cream. It depends. If the sour cream's on like something from a taco truck, it's perfectly fine. And it blends the food. It mellows out the sauce. It makes It's a great glue to the meal. But sour cream on like chips or anything else, no. It's, it is not a condiment by itself. It is the fact foundation the glue that holds the house together so something that i taste that always seem to react to so there's a type of wine from hungary and it's called tokai and it's called uh, there's a royal tokai and what it is is in this wine the story goes that wine in the hungary always had to be approved by the king to be picked off uh, the grapes had to be picked off the vine had to be approved by the king and in this one monastery because monasteries were where most of the grapes were grown there was a mold growing on the vine so they're like okay we need to pick this now but we can't do it until we get approval of the king so they went they got approval of the king they came back it was already ruined all of it had already been it spread so instead of just throwing it out like they would have they decided they were going to vent it anyway. And because the mold leached out all the liquid from the grapes, all that was left was the sugar. So it became a super sweet wine. And it, the way I describe when I taste it is it's like sour puckered fruit covered in honey. It's delicious. It's fabulous. And every time I taste it, I'm like, this is what liquid gold tastes like. This is what kings would drink. And that's why it's called a roll okay. It's one of my favorite drinks ever. And it's something that you could easily drink way too much of. That's why they sell it in half bottles. Wow. I almost want to try some. It, if you can find a good one, it's really good. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. It's like $50 a half bottle. Wow. It's not cheap. <laughs> Thinking, what could I spend $50 on? And shoes were the first thing that popped into my head and not wine. Sorry. All right. So this is always a, a fun one, but I feel like it's a controversial one because some people don't understand what a weekend is. And they also don't understand what one person is. They always want to try to bring more people to this Weekend. So here's the question, just to be clear. So once and for all, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. A little bit of frustration every time I get this, or a guest gets this question. Very frustrating for me. So like you didn't hear the question. Answer it right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Show pet peeve. One person you would love to spend the weekend with. Now I judge the weekend. Friday night to Saturday. Uh, Friday Sunday night. night. Yes, absolutely. Friday night to Sunday night. That is the weekend. So I'm going to say like Friday at like six in the evening till Sunday at, we'll say, you know, 1159. Now with this question, we're not assuming it's like, oh, my wife, oh, my child. This is someone who you don't normally get to see. I really feel like we need to take those off the table. Okay. So this is someone who you. Yes. Okay. Like fantastic. If you were stuck on a desert island. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, sure. We'll go that route. There's a lot of people. I can think of plenty of people. Kevin Bacon's on that list because I think he would just be a really cool dude to talk to. Idris Elba would be. A th- celebrities are automatically what first comes to mind. Here's an odd one, just because I think he'd be super cool to hang out with. There's a guy who does an interview show where they eat hot wings. It's called Hot Ones. And the host is Sean Evans. And I would love to speak the, spend the weekend with him because he's just a really cool dude from like Brooklyn, New York area, upper uh, East Coast. And he's just super chill and relaxed. I would love to just be like, yeah, let's go get a burger. Go see a show. Show me this thing called basketball. I don't know anything about it. He loves basketball. I have no clue nor really care. But hearing him talk about it would be really cool. So uh, shout out to Sean Evans. I think you'd be awesome. You know, I wrote these questions and I still struggle with answering this because again, there's so, there's so many people I would love to just spend a weekend with. And I think when I, when I start funneling it down and, and really kind of just saying, okay, who is it? I mean, there's, there's easy ones. There's, you know, Michael Jordan would be amazing. Of course, there's former North Carolina players like Vince Carter would be amazing with, but I think for me, 
you know, if I could spend the weekend with somebody is, is I think I would really want to spend it with, hmm. I didn't see this is where I get stuck. Well, what if we reword it? What if we change it from uh, one person you would love to spend a weekend with to one person who you know you'd have an amazing time with for one weekend or something akin to that? Well, see, but then I always go back to Elizabeth because I would love to just, well, but, remember, but I do, we're take, I know, I know, we're, we're, I know. Anyone I know. within the town you live in is off the table. I know, I know. Unless it's Bruce Campbell. He's also really cool. Hmm. I think I would love to spend the weekend with, I think I would really love to spend it with my dad. And what we would probably do is camp because he loves to camp. And But I think if if it was just him and I and we had to talk, you know, <laughs> like he had to talk, I had to talk. I, I think that's, I think that's my person. And I think that's the hard part is I could make that happen. I'm sure. Pretty sure you could. But I'm, I'm so afraid to, to ask. Do it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right now, if people are listening to this part of the podcast, write in and ask him if he's done it. We'll make this a challenge for Mr. Matthews over here. I don't know. I just, I feel like that would be, that would be so amazing. But at the same time, I'm so... I feel like it comes back to that, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that validation. Yeah. Well, Garrett, this is it. This is all. This is the show today. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you in a few days. Yes, absolutely. About like four-ish I think if we did the math right so Garrett last question is this away from senseless and the silliness even though it did seem very serious if there is one gift you could give what would it be one gift to anyone the only gift I ever want to give any every person is the gift of the knowledge of Christ that is always what it comes down to I know we're in the Christmas season a lot of people see Christmas as Christmas trees and Santa Claus but for me it's always going to be this is Christ's beginning I, I love Christmas morning in our family we go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read the very first part of each of them just because it's a Christmas story in three of them the best gift in my mind because it's an eternal gift what about you my friend? kind of along those same lines like you're talking about the ultimate gift really is the gospel and, and I would echo that I mean that is probably the most ultimate gift to give anyone but it's interesting because every year i love christmas music and so the sooner i can get to hearing it and listening to it i i really do you don't like christmas music do you i i struggle with this because i'm normally a grinch when it comes to putting up stuff christmas music and since this year has been a little bit harder on ashley and i and because william needs to learn not to touch the ornaments on the christmas tree we started early we did the second week in november we put up everything ashley is listening wow. to christmas music Second week in November. Second week. And I normally am not before Thanksgiving. Okay. This year I have given in and I it has felt really, really nice and relaxing. And I think I might do it every year from now on. Hmm. Oh, hopefully I don't renege on this. Hopefully Ashley doesn't listen to this. She will. <laughs> I'm sending it to her right now. But my Christmas gift is this. The song is actually by Reliant K. It's a band that I that I grew up listening to. It says that when you opened your eyes, you realized that you would be my savior and your first breath that left your lips did you know that it would change this world forever i really like that lyric to say that when he opened his eyes for the first time did he realize that he would be my savior and at the first breath that left his lips did he know that he would change this world forever and again i i think to myself the power of your words the power of the ability to to just change this world in a positive way i'm never going to make the impact that jesus made and i think it would be very sacrilegious i think is the word i'm looking for to put myself in that realm of him to say i want to have the same impact that jesus did it seems weird and gross but I want to say that in this year, this last almost four years now of doing the show, that I really want to just say I really appreciate everyone. And I really appreciate the fact that I've gotten this platform and grown the show and said, we've made a little impact. We made a little, we, we, we made a little change. And that I didn't even realize that when I started the first time, I didn't realize that it would change not only my life, but hopefully others' lives as well. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, absolutely. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I will leave you with this. Remember, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. Garrett, thank you again. Thank you, Neil. Hopefully we'll see each other before the next recording. Yes, hopefully so. <laughs> Stay tuned until next week. It's going to be amazing when we walk in other people's shoes.